COVID drove many from the healthcare profession, exacerbating a shortage for medical professionals our state was already facing. Yet demand for healthcare professionals continues to rise in a state that has one of the oldest populations in the country. Today, we talk to a nurse and educator who is focused on increasing the workforce pipeline. I'm Matt Mowry, Executive Editor of Business NH Magazine. And I'm Nathan Carroll, Chief Growth Officer of Granite Media Group and founder of Cardinal Consulting. And welcome to BizCast NH. Matthew, have, yes, you, been Nathan. The, have you been to the doctor recently? This is, this is our, our annual check-in. Have you been to the doctor? Are you I'm taking 52. care of yourself? It's a better question to ask, have you not been to the doctor lately? <laughs> do, you, do you remember? A fat man who's do 52. You, oh my God. I am just a regular. Do you remember the last time you went to the doctor? Oh, yes. Oh. You know, it's one of those things. I, I, I have a very nice doctor. Like, mm-hmm. he's not one of those doctors that is, you know, going at me and going, you know, you need to lose 200 pounds. He's like, look, if you could just work on five, that I'd be happy. Just just start. I'm like, I appreciate that. And, I, you know, I try and get there. But, um, but it's also one of those things that uh, a, 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 a larger – healthcare organization took over mm, the local oh, hospital and practices yeah, we're at. Yeah. And you do notice the difference. I have a great doctor, but I also know he's on a time limit. Oh my God. Like, I feel like it's time to right. beat the clock kind of thing. Tick, and tick, tick. it's just this interesting phenomena that's going on in healthcare that as a patient, you don't really have a lot of control over. There's not a lot of choices mm. around, you know, um, and it's hard to get into places, oh right? God, you it? know, yeah. so if you have a good doctor, you want to stick with them, but mm-hmm. you know, it, when they're facing a bigger bureaucracy, it, 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 it has this different spin on your relationship, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's certainly not, you know, it's certainly not the healthcare of, of, uh, Gosh, even our our parents' generation, or certainly our grandparents, the you know home visits and and things like that. Um, but yeah, so and you're right. Like you you find a good one, stick to it, right? And because they have built a team, they ha- are hopefully a well oiled machine. Uh, they're taking good care of you, even though if it's you know just a few minutes here and there, and you see maybe a an LNA or a, a assistant of some kind, and then um, that. Than your actual doctor for a minute and a half while his watch is ticking and right and all you know and I do have my pet peeves when I go there like yeah. you know like I don't do I need to have my weight done every time it's I, you know I can tell I you there's been I always weigh more at the doctor oh always you know and it's like you know I'll let you know if I've had a big swing either way otherwise mm-hmm. yeah can we just skip this part that depresses right. me let every me just time? tell you what I weighed last time at home exactly <laughs> and the other thing is. I have this weird phobia. I don't know where it comes from. It's I hate getting my blood pressure taken, which is not good because really? I have high blood pressure. Yes, I is it I, because I of the result or is it no? It, this, this this is so weird. Okay, I don't. We're going to dig into this. We may need an extra half hour. First, I but appreciate we're gonna dig that in. my blood is flowing through me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I do not want to be aware of it. And that cuff goes oh, and the pressure and you feel it and, it and I'm just and I. I have to do breathing exercises, and oh, wow. inevitably they have to do it twice for yeah. me. Because the first time, I mean, I'm going to be high mess. anyway. I'm a mess, even though I don't want to be. And I feel so stupid about it. And I'm just like, oh, for the love of God. And then, of course, I love it. Well, do you do this at home? Like, I should be, and I have one. I'm like, no. 
No. Okay, I'm not putting I, myself through that. Because it's not going to be a good result because as no. soon as it gets too tight, I'll be like, I think that's good enough. Yeah, right, right. So how about you, whippersnapper young Oh, my God. Well, it's funny. So I, um, <laughs> before COVID, I, I uh, had a new primary care based out of our hospital, which I love. And um, he's great. And the team is great. But the last time I went, I got this phone call afterwards, and he's like, you have high cholesterol. And I was like, excuse me? Dun, dun, excuse dun. me? I used to be skinny, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so he, like... Keep in mind who you're talking to. It's all oh, relative, my, my friend. God, I know, I know. But, See, so hanging out with up. me, you always will be. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is my friend, Matt. <laughs> I interrupted though. No, you didn't. But but um, it was the weirdest thing because I was like, oh shit, like what does that mean? And so I'm like asking all my relatives, like, do we have hereditary high blood pressure? Like, what's this and that? And you know, and turns out we do. And that was just about the time that like my uncle had a quadruple bypass and all that other fun stuff. So I was like, oh, things I have to look forward to. Uh Great. Okay. Um, But so I haven't, of course, been since COVID or since before COVID. So I called the other day. Um, to renew my heartburn medication. And they said, oh, we're going to need to see you. And I was like, oh, really? We're on this again? He's lovely. I don't mind. But I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. So what are they going to tell me this time? But this time they can't say you lose a few pounds because that's what I'm working on. I was going to say, you've been doing really Um, good. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's up or down every day. My water weight, you know, but... For our listening audience, he's looking svelte lately. Uh, You know, I'm trying to, you know, get my beach bod going (laughs) for this summertime stuff. But anyway. I just um, want to find a shape. But that's me. (laughs) A shape. Oh my God, I love it. This is what happens when we record podcasts on a Monday. (laughs) Typically, listeners, we are on a Tuesday. And you'll probably be able to tell because we're off our rails already. And the best way to get back on our rails is to interview a guest who I is agree. kicking some ass in the industry, okay? Our guest this week is Carrie Dutton. Carrie is an RN and master's prepared nurse with a focus on education and leadership. Carrie has an accomplished career as director of nursing for over 25 years in the long-term care industry and prior to becoming an RN. Carrie started her, her career as an LNA in 1992. Carrie's now focusing on education of nursing assistants, directing LNA Health Careers, which has been training LNAs for almost 20 years in New Hampshire. Carrie, welcome. Thank you. And sorry about our, like, you know, I don't know if we violated our own HIPAA laws or whatever, but <laughs> there you go. That's what happens here on BizCast. Um, let me, uh, we're going to do a little table setting because we've got a, a little bit of knowledge to, to help our listeners with, but I want to hear as well um, about your career journey, right? So you started out as an LNA, as we said, and now, um, you know, help us fill in the gaps for our listeners. How did you get on this journey of caring for others and what has it to helped you progress over the years? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So... It's been a long journey, uh-huh. very scenic route to where yes, I'm at. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I look back and I wonder, but okay. it does all piece together oddly enough. Uh, so I became an LNA. I was at a traditional boy-year high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my junior year, I wasn't doing so well, not as well as my friends were who were starting to decide where they were going to go to college. Uh, Their parents were on track for scholarships. Mm. And it was like, you know, where are you going, Carrie? I really didn't know. I didn't Mm -hmm. have anybody to kind of guide me through that journey. 
Well, I went to an assembly at school, and it was from the trade school that was starting a nursing program. Ah. So you're going to get your LNA. And, you know, something went off in my head, like, I'm resonating with this um, program they're describing. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was a nurse. Um, My mom had worked in a lab and in a dentist office. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had something medical in my background, but didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. So I went to the high school my senior year, and that's where everything happened for me. It came natural. I was good. I was an A student all of a sudden. Wow. Um, And things just started making sense in Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the start. And then from there, um, I went to work as an LNA, um, went on to become a nurse, and then I loved geriatrics. So in that high school oh. LNA program, I yeah. was introduced to nursing homes. And I just really related well, probably from the relationship I had with my grandmother mm. and my grandparents. Sure. Uh, I was able to communicate to the elderly better. I just felt more at home. Um, and so I went to work in nursing homes. I was a nurse. I started out in management and then quickly made it to director of nursing. Um, Once I was a director of nursing, um, I moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. The right thing to do, of course. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Love New Hampshire. Grew up coming here as a kid. um, Realized that's where I want to live. Raise my family. Nice. Um, Once I got here, though, and started working, I moved out to the western part of New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. more rural, harder to find staff. And so I realized that it was really difficult to find staff um, and make sure that the facility was staffed with enough LNAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I started getting into what can I do to improve the workforce at my facility. Mm-hmm. And I started a school on the side. That kind of grew. Yeah. And uh, over time, uh, that developed into a bigger school where I was able to purchase LNA Health Careers. And wow. now I can impact the uh, healthcare in New Hampshire in a different way. In so, a huge way. Yeah. I mean, so so that's a great point to sort of set us up for, okay, so there's LNAs, there's a whole bunch of other acronyms in nursing as there are in other industries, but help us to sort of understand in this, we'll call it a hierarchy for lack of a better phrase, where LNA sits and compared to say, I don't know, RN or others, you explain that to us and, and also why it is, especially now, um, that you know, you're talking workforce and all that currently in the state and and in the region that LNAs are so sought after that these sort of entry, um, entry level, if it, if you will, uh, individuals or positions that can then rise up, uh, is so, so crucial right now. So fill us, help us kind of fill in that hierarchy and and understand, uh, where these folks sit. Sure. Yeah. So an LNA is a licensed nursing assistant. Got it. Uh, So it's an entry-level position that can work in many different types of organizations, not just nursing homes. Uh, They're at uh, doctor's offices. They're in the emergency room. They're in clinics. uh, You name it. Assisted living facilities. They're the person you're probably going to see and get care from first before you see a nurse practitioner, an RN, or even a doctor. Interesting. So these are the people that are weighing me and taking my <laughs> yes. blood Much pressure. Yes. <laughs> but always lovely people. Yeah, they, yes, really they are. They, they, you know, they try and make it as easy as possible on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, that's the kind of um, 
skill sets that we're talking about. What are some of the different things that LNAs are responsible for doing within um, healthcare? Yes. So uh, they would be responsible for taking your vital signs, Mm. uh, depending upon the setting, assisting you with activities of daily living. So if it was more of a residential setting, it would be making sure you were groomed, bathed, dressed, and well cared for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're responsible for sometimes uh, drawing blood, um, documentation, um, lab work, so preparing paperwork for the lab, uh, sometimes even doing urine tests, mm-hmm. uh, depends on the setting. Fun. Um, but they're the eyes and ears for the nurse and the doctor, depending upon where they work. Mm. So they are relied upon. Yeah, they're like, um, they really are sort of the front line or the gatekeeper, as it were, for your own care, right? Like if something's up or if they see something or someone needs to take other action, like that's the person that's going to be, you know, right there and and letting someone else know or sort of, you know, starting another uh, uh, care plan or something like that. So that's, they are obviously crucial. Absolutely. I just wrote a blog post yesterday. Uh, June is... PTSD Awareness Month. Sure. And so LNAs and phlebotomists are the front line. You said it. They mm-hmm. see you the most in your appointment. The mm-hmm. doctor's in for one second. So, yeah, these are the people that are going to be sharing that type of information. They spend the most time with you. And how much education is required to become an LNA? So, an LNA in New Hampshire is required to have um, 100 hours of training. And so it's divided up between theory online and clinical hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And so how many um, ed- educational institutions in New Hampshire offer LNA degrees or programs? So there are a few that offer, um, like the community colleges, most mm-hmm. of them have an LNA program. The high schools, um, some of them have the CTE uh, sure. LNA program. Yeah, the career and technical education. Yeah. Yep. Um, we are really the only independent trade school offering LNA health careers to the degree that we do in New Hampshire. Wow. Yeah. So, so we, what is then, um, well, I guess so thinking about it two ways. How do you um, get people in to your organization? And then what happens when they're done? Right. Um, And and are you partnered with hospitals or other care facilities that they uh, either are getting some some real world experience there or. um, Yeah. So maybe kind of talking about that pipeline for a little bit just to to see uh, how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, our biggest referral source is word of mouth. So our graduates are telling other people. Uh, some, you so you're doing make, something right, Carrie. Yeah, thank you. Nice, nice. <laughs> so uh, word of mouth is our biggest referral source. Google search is next. Mm-hmm. And then we do partner with almost every nursing home in the state of New Hampshire, wow. assisted living facility, and a few of the hospitals who uh, use our curriculum or send um, their employees to us for training. Oh, interesting. So they can use your proven model essentially, mm-hmm. um, and not have to reinvent the wheel or, or you know, spend even more. Uh, exactly. To, so interesting. Okay, so you've monetized that or you've made that part of your business model then mm-hmm. too, right? That's yes. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not just like cranking them out, doing your own thing. You're, you're kind of, I would say, uh, extending that opportunity um, and, and thereby even um, 
the the workforce pipeline uh, mm-hmm. statewide. That's really cool. Yeah, trying to partner with other facilities that, you know, the best way to retain an employee mm-hmm. is to allow them growth in their position. Uh, so if they can move up from a supportive department to nursing, dietary activities, those types of um, housekeeping, environmental services, get the education to become an LNA and then join your nursing department, great way to retain an employee. Um, and why not give them a curriculum that works? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neat, neat. We'll be right back. McLean Middleton is a full-service law firm with over 100 attorneys and 25 paralegals throughout its five offices in Manchester, Concord, and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. For over 100 years, they've been providing exceptional legal services to businesses, individuals, and nonprofit organizations across the region. Visit McLean.com for a complete list of practice areas and attorneys. Okay, we are back with Carrie Dutton of LNA Health Careers. As we referenced at the top of the program, there's we've written for a while now about the shortage of healthcare professionals, and it's at various levels. Can you talk about is there a shortage of LNAs in our state? Uh, and if so, how what kind of impact does that have on institutions and the healthcare that people receive? There is a huge workforce crisis in the state of New Hampshire when it comes to LNAs. Um, just in the nursing home, clinic, assisted living setting, I just saw a um, work study that had come out. There were hundreds of jobs available for LNAs just in that one sector, mm-hmm. not even including hospitals and other settings. Um, we need LNAs badly. We need people who have a caring sense about them, mm. who want to improve the lives of others. Um, that's kind of the base core quality that we're looking for, yeah. that we can uh, teach you the skills to become an LNA. Sure. So what are some of the challenges of attracting people into the profession, or profession and especially into an entry-level position like an LNA? Some of the challenges I see are that um, people across the country, um, LNAs can also be called CNAs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. New Hampshire, Vermont, and a few other out west use the term LNA. Every other state uses CNA. And, and what's so, the CNA stand for? Certified nursing assistant. Okay. And so I think it's confusing to people mm-hmm. um, when they hear about nursing assistant. Most often they're going to come up with CNA in a Google search, mm-hmm. and then they can't find that in New Hampshire. So we try to do a lot of education about CNA versus LNA, but I think it's still confusing mm-hmm. um, to a lot of people. Um, so people don't understand. They think they have to go to an employer first to learn how to be an LNA licensed nursing assistant, um, where you could come to a training school first. So we're trying to educate people on the track that you can take to become an LNA in yeah. New Hampshire. Well, and and sort of like you said a, a, a little bit ago, um, you're looking for a particular type of person. And it takes a particular type of person. Because if you really, I mean, if you're in it for the money, number one, at, at first, you're probably not going to be, you know, very happy. But you mm-hmm. also just have to be that caring, compassionate individual who is okay with, you know, bathing another human being or taking a urine sample or, you know, just, yeah, you kind of have to be a special type of human being to get through that that point. And exactly. maybe, you know, eventually learn that there's a career path here, right? There's there's something, uh, you know, to get you in, um, but that you're not going to be at that level 
your whole life, that there's a progression there. Right. We spend a lot of time with students to help them understand you might not be working at the bedside. That might not be the job that you want, but you have to do it for the training. You do. And then you can find that perfect position that might be, you know, less hands-on personal care type of position. And with the shortage we've been facing, obviously there's a lot of competitions for LNAs, and we're starting to see things starting to really change in terms of benefits and, and culture. Um, you know, part of what comes to mind in our June issue, we have a story about the Morrison up north that switched uh, to, uh, I think, just a, under a year ago to a four-day work week. Um, and it's actually resulted in them being able to go from, I think it was over 25% of having their vacancies open to having uh, less than 3% open. Um, it's, you know, been a major turnaround. And that was a huge undertaking because it's not, not a lot of nursing homes have done that. So they're kind of doing some pioneering work here. Can you talk about what are some of the other changes you're seeing in terms of what organizations are doing to attract LNAs to their workplaces? Yes, absolutely. Love the Morrison home. Just want to shout out to them. Yeah. They have- Fabulous. Um, So, you know, employers are offering sign-on bonuses. Right now for LNAs, there are huge sign-on bonuses, Mm. up to $5,000 to come on board. They're offering flexible scheduling. Um, They're offering growth opportunities. So for LNAs who want to go on to become LPNs or even RNs, they're offering tuition assistance. Um, And a lot of employers are looking at how do we... Um, train staff to develop them to be better LNAs once they have them on staff. And so that's been huge um, because they are the eyes and ears. And if they don't have continuing education, it's really... It's really hard to be the best LNA you can be if you don't receive that continuing education Right, support. if they're just focused on the day-to-day, 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 yeah. not professional development. Yeah. yeah, and I think employers in New Hampshire have realized that, working on that, bringing and improving satisfaction on the job. Nice. Now, on your own career path, I mean, you've gone from being <laughs> on the front lines yourself to being an educator and now an entrepreneur, you know, and running your own business. What was that transition like to go into entrepreneurship mode? And what surprised you? What did you find out about yourself? And what did you find out about business that you weren't, that you're like, I had no idea it was going to be like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so let's see. Um, Spill it, Carrie. I know. <laughs> I've always had an like an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit. How mm-hmm. do you say that? You entrepreneurial got spirit. Yeah. Entrepreneurial yeah. You got spirit. it out on a Monday. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was always the LNA that was selling Avon. I was always the nurse. So the next biggest thing was party light candles or Jeff. Oh I was always yeah. selling something. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a small business owner. He had a dry cleaners. So I was routinely clearing out the dry cleaners and letting everybody in the Shaw's parking lot know that, you know, you could buy a prom dress for five dollars down the street. <laughs> Hawking your guts. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so I had that in me. Yeah. Uh, workaholic to a fault. Um, <laughs> and so I knew that I wanted to have my own business and I knew so I was always searching for like what does our community need? What is going to continuously attract people back to my business? What mm-hmm. should I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started consulting in long-term care, and that started to build up the networking between all the facility owners and administration. Nice. And through consulting, I learned, you know, I used to teach people how to run nursing homes better, how to document better to get better reimbursement. Um, 
what they should educate staff on. And continuously, I just kept seeing at all my in-services, there were a lack of LNAs attending, and mm-hmm. most of it was because of turnover mm-hmm. or just not enough LNAs on the job to take away from their duties. So that's when it clicked. Ah. I said, I need to find a way to get more LNAs into the facilities, and that's how I can make a bigger impact mm-hmm. um, across the state and improve the quality of healthcare. So that's kind of how that developed. Um, and then once I had my own company, I did not realize, (laughs) as a director of nursing, you're running a business inside of a business. That's how I always treated it, Mm -hmm. and I think that's how I was successful Mm -hmm. in making sure that my department thrived. But once I got my own business in the school, what I didn't realize was all the people in the offices that make the business work, how hard it is to keep them happy and in a job. Yes. Right. <laughs> Especially during COVID. Yeah. I bought LNA Health Careers in 2020. Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> wow. Something happened then. So. Yes. Uh-huh. So in wow. 2019 is when we were, you know, deciding and talking about purchasing LNA Health, health Careers and, um, Went to Mexico, told my family, this is what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> is that like your last hurrah or yeah, what? Yeah, that was like right after Christmas in 2019. Came wow. home January 2020 and like COVID was there. Yeah. Uh, it was too late to turn back. But I kind of had this like Florence Nightingale sort of moment. Like I can take this on. <laughs> you know, this isn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um it felt like forever uh-huh. after. Yeah, right, <laughs> I can't right. even imagine. Yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Because this is what's coming into my mind. So on the one hand, healthcare, I mean, was under such crisis. It was such a demand, it, but it was down to, you know, essential services. And, um, but there not enough people, people being burnt out. On the other hand, education facilities were having to figure out how to go remote. You're teaching something that's very hands-on. How did you balance that demand with the the um, challenges of an educational institution? Yeah. So um, previously, I said I started my own school on the side while director of nursing. Mm-hmm. With that program, I started the first online theory LNA program in the state of New Hampshire. Oh. Uh, so when I bought LNA Health Careers and COVID was in full swing, mm. uh, the previous owner had reached out to me for some consulting help. Um, trying to navigate the beginning stages of COVID. And so I helped her put the online theory in place. We got it approved for LNA Health Careers. So that was our first step to keep people still learning mm-hmm. um, LNA coursework. And then they shut all the schools down in the hospitals, nursing homes, assisted livings to students coming into the facility. So I helped her get approved to develop simulated classrooms throughout the state that mimicked hospital and nursing home rooms and got them approved to replace being in the actual nursing home. And then April came and I purchased LNA Health Careers. Uh, So we were able to demonstrate to the state that being in the simulated classroom setting with actors or pretend uh, residents who could mimic those Mm -hmm. behaviors of real patients, Mm -hmm. um, have those same disease processes, dementia, et cetera, that we need to specialize in for LNI curriculum. We developed those scenes and case studies, and we kept um, educating LNAs through that. 
Uh, we had 12 classrooms throughout the state where we did that. And during COVID, we were able to continue practicing and uh, graduating LNAs as if there was no hiccup. Wow. So you're like a theater producer as well now. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Add that to your resume. And I could not wait for COVID to end because it was so expensive. Well, I bet it was. And it, but it's interesting. That is absolutely not something that I, that for whatever reason, I heard about through all of COVID. I mean, we, we heard about the, the healthcare crisis and the workforce crisis, force crisis but um, that's innovative. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I love that. So yep. kudos to you. That's that's awesome. And obviously it worked um, and doesn't have to work forever, but it right. <laughs> could, yeah, could it's over it now. To. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, over good, now. good. But I do want to delve into your entrepre- entrepreneurial mind during that. So, I mean, to be a successful business owner, you face a lot of challenges and you have to have a lot of self-confidence and belief in, you know, at some point you're going to get to the end of that, that road or tunnel. But that doesn't mean there aren't some dark moments during that time of self-doubt or what have I done or what did I get myself into? So, you know, as you're dealing with all of this that no one has had to deal with before, everyone's figuring out on the fly, what was going through your mind and what got you through it? Yeah. So um, while I was building all these classrooms, at the same time, there's discussion across the country that they're going to eliminate the need for... LNAs, CNAs in the cross country to need that certification or licensure. Mm. So now we're going to bring people in during this time of crisis and have them perform and be employed as nursing assistants. Um, and so I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm. How right. am I going to keep this business alive? LNA health careers <laughs> if people don't need to be LNAs anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so I had a five year plan to bring on other programs that were needed across the state, M&A, phlebotomy, pharmacy tech, Mm -hmm. and LPN. My five-year plan became a five-week plan. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. How did you manage that? I mean, that's a lot to to all of a sudden go, I need to accelerate to now. Exactly. So through my other school on the side and my master's program, every project I did, my capstone, my end-of-the-year projects were all about these curriculums that I was going to have in my school one day Mm. when I had it. So I already had all this written. So I just put it into the Department of Education and got it approved. So at the same time, while we were having these simulated classrooms, I was educating nursing home administrators that, yes, the temporary health provider in New Hampshire that's allowed because of COVID is important. We do need these temporary health care providers. But at the same time, we need to make sure that the quality of care isn't sacrificed. Mm. And so we need to transition temporary health partners to LNAs because COVID will end. And we don't know when that will be, but then you will be required to have LNAs in your facility. So let's transition them now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's make sure they have the skills that are needed to give the best care possible. And that's what we did. At the same time, not knowing when COVID was going to end and be in a very dark moment, looking at my husband, who is like, you know, I thought we were on the road to retirement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to go find a second job? Exactly. You know, so I said, there is a need for LPN in the state, right? We don't have enough nurses, um, and I have the capability to provide that. So this is what I'm going to do. You know, he just looked at me and kept sipping his coffee like, okay. <laughs> 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 you go for it. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. And um, we got that approved. It's outstanding. And it helped fill the need. At the same exact time, without any awareness, the biggest LPN school in Manchester shut down. Oh, wow. So there was a school in Manchester, New Hampshire, who would graduate about... Uh, I don't know, maybe 100 students a year Mm -hmm. um, that was closing unexpectedly. And so we were able to capture not all of those students, but a good portion of them Mm -hmm. that were kind of left out in the dust Mm -hmm. without a school to finish their degree um, and nowhere to go. So we were able to give those students a transition pathway to LPN. Uh, which really helped the state and all of the employers out. Wow. And that was our first graduating class for most of those students. And what year was that? Uh, That was in 2021. We picked them up. Yep. So where do things stand now, you know, in terms of LPNs and the need for them and also the acceleration of your plan? (laughs) (laughs) So right now, wow, the school is thriving. So we're graduating about 100 LNAs a month. Um, We have uh, 82 LPNs enrolled right now. You said a month, not a year. That other school that closed was doing 100 a year and you're doing 100 a month. That's amazing. Yeah, for LNAs. Yes, for LNAs. Yes, yep. Um, for LPNs, it's mm-hmm. a little bit longer, but sure, yeah. um, we offer days and evenings for LPNs, so we're able wow. to expand the um, opportunity for more people mm-hmm. to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the accreditation process. So in uh, nursing in this field, you mm-hmm. cannot seek accreditation for your school until you have your first graduating class. Ah. Uh, so we did in August of uh, 2021, mm-hmm. and... Um, now we're in that process. So it's like a four stage thing. We're mm-hmm. at like two and a half. <laughs> yeah. And what is the what is the accreditation then um, get you, as it were? Yeah. So accreditation will give students more opportunities nice. to attend LNA Health Careers because we'll be able to say that we've been um, researched, mm-hmm. credentialed by mm-hmm. a national body, right? Mm-hmm. We also gain access to um, being able to offer financial aid to our students. Awesome. So right now, uh, it's private pay, mm-hmm. a lot of scholarships, grants, um, and tuition assistance from the state, mm-hmm. um, many, many programs that help support our um, our endeavors, mm-hmm. and employers giving their um, employees scholarships. So Nice, nice. So you, um, as part of this growth, um, you were chosen as part of the the current cohort of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business, which I am also part of, which is yes. how we met, yes. um, which is when I was like, wait a minute, there's a cool story here, we need to tell this. But um, what has that experience been like for you, especially for somebody who had a five-year plan, enacted it, whether it was five weeks or not? Um, it sort of, yeah, so what, is that, what has that been like for you and what are sort of, sort of so far in the program um, which by the time this airs will be over, but right now it's not. Um, what are some of these key takeaways that you're getting from from this work together? Yeah, so when I jumped into um, LNA Health Careers purchasing that business, it was a whirlwind, right? Everybody needed LNAs, they needed LPNs, they needed phlebotomists. So mm. people were enrolling, people were actively coming to us. Now that COVID is kind of... Um, going away and the world is changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm a nurse by trade. I have an MSN and I have an MBA, but my MBA was always more of uh, leading um, a nursing home 
nursing department and sure. how to do that successfully, mm-hmm. not a whole business. Yeah. It's very different. And so I'm like, I need to take this time because when our, you know, urgency someday for LNAs and nurses um, diminishes, mm-hmm. because hopefully I will have turned out enough so graduated, many. Yeah. <laughs> then I need to fine tune um, my business acumen mm-hmm. and how to run the business side mm-hmm. of the school so that it can last forever. Um and wow. so that's how I got into Goldman Sachs. Nice. And um, you happen to have also been chosen as uh, from the SBA as the 2023 uh, Woman-Owned Business of the Year. Congratulations Thank on that. You. <laughs> um, they have award winners, uh, you know, every year that they choose and um, was so psyched to see that uh, you were recognized for all all of your hard work so far. Thank you, thank you. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit, maybe alluded to it, but what's sort of, um, you know, thinking, say, 10 times bolder, what's, uh, what does the future of LNA Health Careers look like for you? And what's your, what's your next big thing, as it were? Yeah, so the next big thing will be, um, you know, having accreditation, right? So we'll be accredited, Mm -hmm. then we'll be able to offer an LPN to RN program. So that's like the big thing is that you can start entry level LNA or mm-hmm. phlebotomy. People tend to choose either or if they hmm. don't want to be so hands on, they might start with phlebotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can work through the stages up to becoming an RN. That's really the my goal, you know, is that somebody will have the opportunity to come entry level, get a certification each way, you know, each year if they want to, earn a little bit more, be able to afford the next level degree, and then be an RN and be able to lead a facility like I did. Wow. Wow, the premier workforce pipeline. Right? I love yes. that. I love that. Um, well, thank you, Carrie. Carrie Dutton, uh, again, is the owner of LNA Health Careers. Um, congratulations on all your success. Thank you. And um, we're going to be watching. All right, great. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group.